Yo, it's your boy, the host with the most. I'm Chris the Don One. Welcome to another episode of the One Man, One Mic Podcast, episode 22. We're going to talk about the saga. It still continues with Anthony Davis, Clutch Sports, New Orleans Pelicans, LeBron James, and the LA Lakers, and why this trade is not going to be speaking to existence when you're talking about the trade deadline. This deal is has is, is dead. It's been dead. I'm gonna explain to you why it's dead, and I'm gonna give you some guy. I'm, but before we begin, I'm gonna give you guys some backstory. Okay, now when you talk about Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans, Anthony Davis has tried, and he's been with the New Orleans Pelicans for six for, for seven years. Six of those seven years, Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans have tried everything under the sun. To make this franchise go beyond not only going being in the playoffs, but advancing deep in the playoffs. Okay? And they have tried everything under the sun. They have tried uh, to sign uh, free agents. Uh, they try to sign every, every available free agent. A lot of top big name free agents said thanks, but no thanks to the New Orleans Pelicans. I think the biggest star they have ever gotten over there was Boogie Cousins, and that was through a trade. And they had a very successful run last year until Boogie Cousins got injured. Anthony Davis was injured. He was in and out of the lineup as well. But without Boogie Cousins, they beat the Portland Trail Blazers, and they got one dub off the Golden State Warriors until the Golden State Warriors turned the thing around, and then they beat the New Orleans Pelicans. And from that final game with the Golden State Warriors, Anthony Davis saw the writing on the wall. There's literally nothing he can possibly physically do to make this franchise a successful franchise. So, over the summer, he signed with Rich Paul. Rich Paul, I mean, his agent was Rich Paul. He signed with Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports is owned by LeBron James. Even though Rich Rich Paul is a figurehead. LeBron James clearly owns Clutch Sports. Okay, on a sneak, on you know, on a you know, wink, wink type of uh, tip. Okay. So when I saw the headlines that Anthony Davis was going to uh, take his talents to Clutch Sports, I knew it was going to be a matter of time for Rich Paul comes out. And issue a statement that Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans. Okay, he wants to play to he wants to play with a contender. I say in the back of my mind, wherever LeBron James go, that's where Anthony Davis is going. And when Anthony and when LeBron James signed with the LA Lakers, I knew it was going to only be a matter of time until Anthony Davis wants to sign with the L.A. Lakers, okay? Now, fast forward a little bit where where Rich Paul uh, basically told and basically told the world that his client, Anthony Davis, no longer wants to continue uh, to play for the New Orleans Pelicans. He specifically wants to play with the L.A. Lakers. Okay, and pretty much uh, punch 
the New Orleans Pelicans in the face saying, look here, you either trade him to the Lakers or uh, or else. If you trade him to anywhere else, he's only going to be there for one year and then he's still going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. So the only options you have, New Orleans Pelicans, is to sign him to the Lakers. So make an offer, make a deal. The New Orleans Pelicans did not uh, like that approach. The NBA as an organization didn't like that approach. They fined uh, Anthony Davis, which technically Rich Paul is going to pay for that. Okay, because it was Rich Paul's mess. And Rich Paul knows that he this was going to happen. Okay, this was their strategy. Here's the problem. Anthony Davis still has one more year with the New Orleans Pelicans. So clearly the leverage, who had the juice, who had the leverage was the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans said, we're not, we're not just going to do what's best for you and not best for us. So when the, in trades, when you're trading for an asset or when you're trading for a player, you put your best foot forward. You want to hurry up and get this deal done. You don't want to pussyfoot around trades, okay? The last thing you want to do is draw up a proposal that's clearly not your best proposal and you feel like you got the team uh, on the ropes, they have no choice but to take but to take this proposal. the f- The first Lakers proposal was Michael Beasley, Lance Stevenson. Uh, it was a pitiful proposal, and the Lake and the New Orleans Pelicans didn't even call them back. They didn't even counter offer them. Okay. So the Lakers knew right then and there that they played themselves. They they played themselves into a corner that they can't paint themselves out of. All right. So the Lakers up the ante, and I'm not gonna go. Uh, they done. They drafted four or five proposals. Their latest proposal, it's got all their uh, players that they drafted in the past four years. Kuzma, uh, Ingram, Ball, uh, two draft picks. Uh, I forgot the center's name. Josh Hosh, Josh Hart is in the discussions, and pretty much the New Orleans Pelicans are pausing on the offer. It's a better offer than what they proposed uh, four or five days ago. It's a better offer. But the New Orleans Pelicans know that if they wait until the summer, they're really in no rush to trade Anthony Davis. Now, they got Anthony Davis for one more season. So they're not, they're clearly not in a rush to sign, uh, to, to uh, take this, uh, uh, this proposal. Okay. They know if they wait until the offseason, that the Boston Celtics have better offerings, have better draft picks, have better players than what the Lakers are going to give up to the Pelicans. Uh, 
the LA Clippers, they done cleared cap space. They also got a a, a bunch of draft picks from a previous uh, trade. Their, their proposal, even though if you compare it to the Lakers' proposal, looks a little bit better, looks a little bit clearer than the LA Lakers. Here's the problem with the LA Lakers' proposal, okay? They got players in the proposal that you don't know their full potential. They can be uh, an, an all-star caliber NBA player, or they can be busts. Okay, you don't know what Brandon Ingram is going to be two or three years down the road. You don't know about Kuzma. You don't know about Lonzo Ball. You see a brief, uh, you see brief flashes of brilliance with these players, but they're few and far between. Now, the Boston Celtics have not said who they're going to uh, uh, tr- uh, put in their proposal. Okay, but the Boston Celtic players like Tatum, those players have proven that they are capable players, that they are they, they, they are they are good pieces, great pieces, because those players uh, without Kyrie Irving went to the playoffs. With the possibility of going going deep uh, going deep into the playoffs to the Eastern Conference Finals, so you already know what you're going to get from those players. Now, Danny Ames has not uh, clearly stated who is going to be uh, in th- uh, this trade. We don't know for a fact if Tatum's going to be in this trade. We don't know for a fact. Who's going to be in this trade? But when you look at the picks, when you talk about their, they have, they clearly have more picks than the LA Lakers. Now, when you look at the Lakers' proposal, it's a, it's a what if type of proposal. When you talk about their young core, it's a what if core. You don't know if you got, uh, if you got a lemon. Or if you got something very good. Okay. And I feel like Brandon Ingram. From the outside looking in. I feel like Brandon Ingram. Uh, it's, going to, it's going to be a clearly a double-double machine. He's going to. If he goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. He's going to uh, benefit in a large way. Lonzo Ball the same way. He's a pass first shoot second type of player. Uh, he kind of reminds me in brief glimpses, brief glimpses of Jason Kidd. And Kuzma can be deadly as a scorer. Okay? Could be. We're talking about could be with these players. Could be ifs, maybes, but there's no guarantee on none of these players. With Tatum, you know what you're going to get. Okay? You don't you don't know 100% sure on the assets when you talk about the young core that the Lakers are giving up. Okay? When you talk about their picks, right now the Lakers are t- what? 27, 27, 24 and 24. Uh if they continue to lose, now those first uh this year's draft pick is going to be a very high draft pick, okay? 
But let's just say hypothetically, somehow they make it into the eighth seed. They get into the playoffs and they have to play against um, the Golden State Warriors. The Lakers, those picks that they offering for uh, for Anthony Davis, the, none of those picks, okay, are going to help. They're not going to get a star out of none of those picks. Even if they offer them four first rounders, four second rounders, those picks, you don't, those picks are not going to guarantee you a blue chipper. Okay. Something, somebody you can build a franchise around. So when you talk about the picks, they're what ifs, maybes. Uh, I don't know. All right. When you look at that proposal, it's an I don't know proposal. Okay. You might, it might be a Herschel Walker trade. Where you trade Anthony Davis for, for a slew of picks and players, and then you utilize those picks and players to uh, make your roster better. And now you're going into the playoffs, deep in the playoffs, okay? It could, it could have the potential of doing that, but you don't know what you're going to get out of Kuzma, Ingram, Ball, okay? Hart. Okay, you you don't know. You you really don't know. Let's just say hypothetically, out of out of those four players, one of them comes becomes a great is in the All Star game. Okay, is a decent player. So you essentially giving up Anthony Davis for a decent player and a, a three bus and the picks that you amounted from the Lakers don't make it don't uh it, it doesn't advance you to making a better roster it doesn't uh you can't package these picks to somebody else so you can move up into the draft it, it, i mean it's a but it's a it's a what if type of scenario boston has the brooklyn pick okay even though brooklyn is winning okay that's that that pick uh, is is a better pick than the Lakers picks. And uh, then when you talk about the players, you can there's a possibility that you can get Rozier, Tatum. OK, so there's not a there's not a real cloud of judgment on those picks. OK, now. The Pelicans are in the driver's seat. I don't know why people think that the Pelicans are not in the driver's seat. They have time on on their side. They can trade him today. I don't see it happening, but they can trade him today. Okay. But why trade him today when you don't even know about the other offers that the Knicks could possibly give you? Okay. What if the Knicks land Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? And then they say, okay, we'll give you the number one pick for Anthony Davis. Zion Williams is, uh, it's got star written all over. Uh, Zion Williams will put butts in the seats. He's a guarantee. He's a known commodity, okay? He will continue to have butts in the seats. And when you start adding around him, who knows, okay? Now you can wait a while. Okay, because the same problem the Pelicans have is the same problem the Clippers have, the Lakers have, 
Utah have, San Antonio has, the Sacramento Kings have, is that the Golden State Warriors are still a juggernaut. They're not going nowhere. They are going to be... Uh, they're going to be in the next five. Their names are going to be associated in the next five NBA finals. Think about that. For five years, okay, the Golden State Warriors name is going to be surfaced in all of those finals. Five years. Five years. Can Utah really wait Five years, and, and by the way, the the Utah has drafted very well. They waited on their young talent, and now their young talent is contributing. Okay, but in five years, those players are going to be right in their prime. The Golden State Warriors are going to be out of their prime, and uh, the Golden State Warriors, uh, Kevin Kevin Garnett. I mean, Kevin 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 Garnett. Kevin Durant may go to the Knicks. Boogie Cousins is definitely leaving, and he's not going to take, he's not going to do the Golden State Warriors a favor and take a uh, long-term contract with. Uh, he's not going to, uh, he's not, he's going to offer, the, he's going to get the max. The market for him is going to be banana large. It should have been this offseason, and the Lakers missed an opportunity where they could have had Boogie Cousins. Just like the Golden State Warriors, wait until he came back from his injuries, okay? And then uh, Boogie Cousins could be helping LeBron James um, and this young core win some games and get deep in the playoffs. They had that opportunity, but that's, that wasn't the player the Lakers were targeting. Magic wasn't targeting, and LeBron James wasn't targeting, okay? So. Everybody has the same problem waiting on the Golden State Warriors to start slowing down because as presently constructed, there's not a team in the West that can beat the Golden State Warriors. You may have two that can give the Golden State Warriors a run for their money in the East. When you talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, I finally like the Philadelphia 76ers because of the moves they have been making for the past couple of years. Okay. And the Boston Celtics. But other than that, there's nobody in the East that can compete with the Golden State Warriors. Now, so everybody's waiting on this juggernaut to slow down. So if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, let's just, even though you get Anthony Davis, you're still going to need another player. You're going to need, you're going to need uh, uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and another Max uh, like a Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant, if you can even think about beating the Golden State Warriors. Okay? LeBron James signed a four-year contract with the Lakers. His window is closing and is closing fast. If he does not get a championship in these first two years, he's never going to get it. He's never going to get it. I felt like LeBron James should have stayed with Cleveland or went to the Clippers because those two organizations have owners that don't mind paying the luxury tax. Jeannie Buss and the Lakers organization, they do mind because this is the only business that they have is the Lakers. They can't afford to be in salary cap hell 
so they can just add all the players under the sun LeBron James wanted. I felt like when he chose the Lakers, I felt like to me, it wasn't necessarily a basketball decision. It was more so an entertainment decision where he can stay in Hollywood. He's got a lot of things going on in Hollywood. I felt like to me personally, I felt like he should have went with the Clippers and um, Jerry West, Steve Ballmer with, with the deep pockets he have, they can do what he wants the Lakers to do, which what he was doing uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Dan Gilbert didn't mind paying the luxury tax. Okay. That's, that's the main reason why he went back to Cleveland because Pat Riley, they gave two fucks about the salary cap. They were not going to go in salary cap hell signing all these players. LeBron James wanted. And that's why there was friction between him and Pat Riley. Pat Riley saw things a little bit differently than LeBron James. That's why he went back to Cleveland. When you look at LeBron James and you look at his his second stop with Cleveland, and well, well, you can really go back the last season with Miami. Then he went to Cleveland. Now he's with the Lakers. If you look at LeBron James now, He's not fully committed on teams. He's as far as to me, uh, playing within the rules, playing with, with what you have and building on top of it. LeBron James wants to go to an organization. Uh, he doesn't want to play with young players. Okay. That's the whole reason why Wiggins got traded for Kevin Love, which is kind of funny. He traded for Kevin Love, and after one season with Kevin Love, he was ready to trade Kevin Love. He's never been a guy that wants to play with younger players. But here's the problem. In today's climate, in today's NBA, uh, if you look on every roster, the majority of these rosters are young players. Okay? They're developing players because organizations see the writing on the wall. The Golden State Warriors are not going anywhere. So why are we trying to make a super team here and all our draft picks, we're going to trade away all our draft picks to add, uh, uh, you know, veteran talent, uh, veteran free agents to build a super team uh, in hopes of dethroning the Golden State Warriors. That's what the Houston Rockets are currently doing right now. That's what they did last year. And it didn't work out for the Houston Rockets, right? Even though a lot of people say, well, if Chris Paul wasn't injured, it would have been a possibility where they would have dethroned the Golden State Warriors, okay? But I don't live in fantasy. I live in reality. What reality is, is that Chris Paul, when they traded for Chris Paul, they when Houston Rockets traded for Chris Paul, Chris Paul had already had a history of not staying healthy. Okay? So you get what you got when you got Chris Paul. So you can't say, oh man, if he wasn't injured, we could have dethroned the Golden State Warriors. You knew that it was a high probability that he was going to be injured. And 
that's what's going on. And I mean, and and that's why a lot of teams are hesitant on adding on trying to build super teams. Okay, because there's a lot of risk in that. There's more risk than reward. And that's why the majority of teams are just going through the draft, picking up these picking up these talented players, letting them develop, letting them grow, taking their time like the Utah Jazz. It's the same playbook that the Golden State Warriors did. Do y'all think that they just gotten Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry from trades from other teams? No. They waited for the... They drafted these players. They allowed these players to develop. And now they now they got players that they done drafted that's, that's contributing to a team in a major way. And then they add... Uh, Kevin Durant, Boogie Cousins, okay? Then they uh, strengthened their bench, okay? They worked inside out, not outside in. LeBron wants to gut the Lakers roster and then replenish it with veteran uh, players. And that type of formula does not work in today's NBA. That's why... There's an old adage that players play, coaches coach, and owners own. Give you a quick couple examples. Jerry Jones. I love Jerry Jones as an owner. I think he has revolutionized the modern day football, particularly in the NFL. But Jerry Jones is a horrible talent evaluator. When Jerry Jones, when Jerry Jones sort of got out of the way and let uh, Stephen Jones uh, in the way, and then Stephen Jones hired personnel who were great scouts, great talent evaluators. That's when the Dallas Cowboys started getting better. Coaches coach, players play, and owners own. When you talk about Michael Jordan, one of the best, I mean, the best NBA player. But when Michael Jordan was playing for the Chicago Bulls, there was a, uh, he wanted to trade for Tracy McGrady. For a lot of players, Michael Jordan had a lot of ridiculous trade proposals. But Jerry Reinsdorf and them, uh, you know, bypassed all that and they continued to make the Chicago Bulls roster a champion consisted roster. Players play, coaches coach, owners own. Jimmy Johnson was great with for the Dallas Cowboys as a coach. Uh, I really didn't appreciate how it ended with Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. He did some broadcasting when you talk about uh, Jimmy Johnson. And then uh, he got the opportunity to not only coach the Miami Dolphins, but he was uh, he also was sort of the GM so he could pick the players he wanted. Okay, and how that turned out for the Miami Dolphins. It was miserable. Players, players, coaches, coach, owners, owners. You have to have. An owner that's not egotistical, that's going to allow the management, GM, scouts, 
uh, make the team better. And then you got to have a coaching staff that's strictly going to pay attention to uh, matchups, strategy, what works, what don't work. And you have to have players reaping the rewards with their athletic ability and their intelligence to uh, be successful in games. That's the only way it's going to work. You can't have a system that's unbalanced where you have owners, where you have owners coaching teams. It doesn't work. It never works that way. You can't have a system where you have a coach have complete power on who they hire, who they don't hire, who they sign, who they don't sign. That formula does not work. And you can't have a player dictate who he wants, who he doesn't want to play for, uh, how the roster should be built. It has been proven. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. People are going to say, oh, well, what about when LeBron James went to Cleveland the second time? Uh, He didn't want to play for Anthony Wiggins. They got Kevin Love. And to that I say this, yeah, Kevin... Isn't that the same? Not only is the same player that after one season, LeBron James said, I can't win with this guy. But if it wasn't for management, okay, they signed all the other pieces. They drafted the other pieces to make the Cleveland Cavaliers roster better. Now, it was LeBron James' ideal to sign J.R. Smith to a ridiculous contract. Christian Thompson to a ridiculous contract. They were pretty much bidding within themselves. Nobody wanted J.R. Smith or Christian Thompson. And they definitely didn't want to pay that ridiculous contract for either of those players. But LeBron James said, do it. LeBron James had a, they, they rubber stamped everything, every request LeBron James wanted because they wanted LeBron James happy. And when LeBron James left, now the Cleveland Cavaliers are in rebuild mode. They don't have no cap flexibility. And they got players on their roster that nobody wants. Uh, still to this day, J.R. Smith, even though he's at home, he's getting paid to just sit at home. And the Cleveland Cavaliers is paying for his salary. Still to this day, Kevin Love is still with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's amazing to have you haven't heard Kevin Love or J.R. Smith name in trade rumors and trade proposals. Christian Thompson, still with the Cleveland Cavaliers, going to continue to be with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to probably, they, they might, they're going to have to face facts and face reality. You're probably going to have to take a buyout. You probably have to buy Christian Thompson out. Same could be said for J.R. Smith. You could wait this year, then he's probably off the books, okay? And the same could be said for Kevin Love. These are three players that the Cleveland Cavaliers were bidding with themselves and they signed them to max contracts that no one else was going to offer. And the same thing's going to happen to the Lakers. Lakers could get desperate. Trade deadline. I say this deal is not going to happen. But if Magic Johnson and it, something's going to have to give because clearly... 
uh, you lost your roster because everybody on that roster knows that they're tradable, that they've been in trade rumors for Anthony Davis. If I was F, if I was Magic Johnson, and if you want to make this nightmare go away, you give them an offer where they cannot refuse. You give them what they want. If they want four first, uh, first, uh, first uh, picks, first the first four picks in the next four years, that's fine. Uh, the second round, they want four of those, that's fine too. If, if you have to give away your whole roster, give it away because you're going to give it away anyway. LeBron James don't have any faith with this roster. Give it up. Get Make an offer where they cannot refuse. Four first-round picks. Four second-round picks. You give away Kuzman, Ball, Ingram, Hart, all of them. Make the offer where they cannot refuse, where they can't go back and say that's not a good offer. Make an offer that they cannot refuse and get this nightmare over with because the last thing the Lakers want to do is wait until the offseason. And now you got three to four other teams. Possibly it might be more when it, when you know you might see a whole lot of people dump a lot of salary so they be able to fit two max contracts so they will have enough draft picks. The Knicks are on board with the Anthony Davis Sweet Stakes. The Nets feel like they can do something. The Clippers, which that's one of the teams, Anthony Davis and his representative, his representative said that he doesn't mind going to. They're uh, they're setting up for Anthony Davis, and that's just those. That's just three of those teams. It may be some teams on the horizon that's also going to do that. Clearly, the Boston Celtics are going to do it. So, the Lakers have a decision to make. I mean, either look like a fool now and for the rest of the year, because you already look thirsty, you already look desperate, you pretty much already damaged this roster. There's not a scenario where you can say, oh, you know what, we're just going to keep what we got. And we're just going to fight to push to somehow get into the playoffs. You lost these young, you lost this young group. Whatever you was working on as far as development, that has passed. They don't trust you. They don't have any faith in you. You got LeVar Ball talking. So the best thing you should do as an organization, you already look desperate. You already look thirsty. Make an offer where they cannot refuse. Where the commissioner will have to step in and say, hey, wait a minute. That's a hell of an offer. You're getting over, Pelicans. Okay? Not only they gave you what you want, they gave you plus more. Because the Lakers cannot afford to go into the offseason. And now, when you had exclusive time with the New Orleans Pelicans. Now you got to bid with other teams. And now you got to really good out this team. 
LeBron James doesn't want to play with these players. The players don't want to play with LeBron James. It looks like a, it's a PR nightmare. It's a it's embarrassing for the Lakers organization. If you watch the game uh, uh, with the Pacers, they were chanting, "LeBron's going to trade you." Do you really want your roster to hear that for the rest of the year? Because if you think the Indiana Pacers crowd got creative on that. You just wait until you play Boston, what that crowd is going to be chanting. So make a deal before the trade deadline's up to get this over with. And if you got to uh, give up more than what you want, give it up. Still, at the end of the day, Anthony Davis with the Lakers, with LeBron James, that's still not going to be enough. It's, it's not going to be enough. Maybe you go into the off seasons. Possibly um, you can get Kawhi Leonard, even though Kawhi Leonard has come, has said that he doesn't want to play uh, in Los Angeles. You might get uh, Kevin Durant, even though Kevin Durant said he doesn't want to play in Los Angeles. You might get Kyrie Irving. Okay, seems like him and LeBron done patched up. You're going to have to get a third wheel. You're going to have to get uh, one of those three, Clay Thompson. You're going to have to get a scorer. You're not going to be able to pick additional players through the draft because of the Anthony Davis trade. So now you're going to have to sign other veteran players. But is all that going to dethrone the Golden State Warriors? That's the question that you got to ask yourself for next year. And will it be worth it? Let's just say they get a championship next year. LeBron got two more years on his contract. If he's injured now and he's uh, and he's showing signs of his age, what do you think LeBron James is going to be three years down the road? Just think about that for a second. The you're you're dealing with the devil, sort of say, and I'm not saying LeBron James is an egotistical maniac. He's the devil or anything like that. But what I am saying is, you're giving up your future for possibly a championship. I and mean, let's just say they win the championship. LeBron James. Let's just say, just, let's just say LeBron James uh, was able to play three of that four years of his contract. Then he retires then the Lakers are going to be in worse shape than the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have no future. They have no draft picks. They don't have anything. They don't have anyone in the horizon that they're grooming other than Anthony Davis. They're going to have Anthony Davis, and that's pretty much it. Okay? And he's happy now, but what about uh, three years from now, will Anthony Davis continue to be happy? Particularly when LeBron James slows down. And there's no young talent in the horizon. When Anthony Davis starts, you know, Anthony Davis is what, 24? Anthony Davis, three years from now, four years now, will still be in his prime. That's when the Los Angeles Lakers are going to be... Uh, are, can they make that roster better by missing all those draft picks? 
I guess you could sign one-year contracts with a lot of veteran players and continue to keep doing that until you're able to replenish in the draft. But like I said earlier, Sacramento Kings, that roster has gotten better. The Utah Jazz, that roster has gotten better, okay? Those players, are if they continue to stay on their current teams, those teams are going to get better. And those players will be still in their prime. Those young players will be in their prime. Do the Lakers have enough firepower with just Anthony Davis and a slow-down version of LeBron James with a bunch of veteran players to compete with those young players. And what about Oklahoma City Thunder? Uh, you know, even though uh, 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 even though Paul and um, Westbrook, uh, they're getting older, but if the Golden State Warriors doesn't keep their, if they don't keep their roster in the next three years, they can be the favorite. So it's a lot of stuff a lot of people are not paying attention to that we're going to have to wait and see. But if I was Los Angeles Lakers, I would give everything under the sun for Anthony Davis and hope and pray you can sign one of those three guys I just mentioned in the offseason. Or some, one of those three, either Kyrie, uh, Kawhi, or Thompson. And I feel like two of those players, Thompson and Kawhi, you're probably not going to get an opportunity to sign those guys. Well, that's all for episode 22 of the One Man, One Mike podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I will see you guys next week. Peace.